Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, October 26th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, what Speaker Johnson faces. Number two, how the Senate could deal with military promotions. And number three, the vault. What to expect at today's Senate banking hearing. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are leading Punchbowl News AM with a look at the dynamics that a Speaker Mike Johnson faces. Uh, Some brewing problems. He's got both House GOP moderates and Senate Republicans that he's going to have to deal with. Both are going to be potentially very delicate, as well as, uh, depending on how they work, could be disastrous for the new speaker, particularly as it comes to this funding fight. You know, the interesting thing here, and this is a very interesting top item this morning in the newsletter, um, uh, a few things. I, they, the, the House Republican moderates now have Mike Johnson as speaker, who they supported. Mike Johnson yesterday got... Um, all 220 House Republican votes on the floor during the speaker election. That was that wrapped up in the early afternoon. And and Mike Johnson of Louisiana is the speaker, as I noted yesterday, someone that John Bresnahan has been saying would be speaker before anyone else thought he would be speaker, which is either luck or foresight. But I would like to say luck. So um, the moderates, if you think about this, now you you are going to have a you have a leader that is uh, a very conservative leader, and what moderates tell us is they're not going to take a far right agenda jammed down their throat. Uh, Lori Chavez Dreamer, who voted against Jim Jordan, who by the way, Anna, is as conservative as Mike Johnson. They don't have Johnson's not more or less conservative than than uh, than Jordan. They're about the same, and they you know it's interesting that people voted against Jordan. But Chavez Dreamer said, "We have to speak up. We're a strong voice as majority makers, and now is the time. Now is the time to express it with a new speaker." Um, you know, we've written about a million times over the last nine months about the jam that moderates are put in all the time, that they have to vote on far right legislation pushed by the Freedom Caucus. We've quoted the Freedom Caucus in the past saying, um, well, we don't really care. Like, everybody has a base. Everybody has a Republican base. They should vote for these things. So that is the first that is the first dynamic. Um, you know, Mike Garcia said we we must we have to message correctly. We have the, one of the most conservative conf- conferences now. We have to be mindful. There are still those in swing districts that need to be able to navigate some of these issues. Um, so that is Anna. What do you think of that? This is the moderates versus the uh, versus the uh, uh, rest of the conference. Listen, will the mo- the biggest question of all time is going to be will the moderates actually get a spine? No, nope. they have just as much power <laughs> as the Freedom Caucus. Uh, color me skeptical uh, that they actually kind of coalesce and at- force this very conservative conference of Republicans to move more towards the middle, more towards compromise. This has not been historically the role the moderates in the Republican Party have played. Um, they, they certainly have the numbers, but are they, you know, if and, and what is going to be the driving factor for them uh, legislatively, ideologically, I think hard to tell. Certainly it's something we talk about a lot, but so far, there, this has not been something that in this in this 
Congress, much less in the last several Congresses where, you know, moderate Republicans should be, you know, the decision makers in some of these cases. Yeah, you know, um, they had, if they really cared about having a, um, about having a moderate speaker, they could have gone to the floor at any time and put a resolution out there uh, electing Patrick McHenry speaker. They didn't do that. Um, I, they didn't. And, and by the way, I, I, you know, a lot of people have been asking me and I was talked about this on TV yesterday, um, what a, a speaker Johnson means for Republicans. And I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I've covered Johnson a long time. He was in the low level of the leadership uh, the last couple of years. He is a he was elected in 2016. Someone that we um, we know well. Um, Mike Johnson is anti LGBTQ rights and he is anti abortion rights. So what it means for Republicans, even in a narrow sense, um, is that in 2024. There are going to be Democratic candidates around the country who say Republicans and their speaker, Mike Johnson, want to ban abortions and don't want gay people to get married to the person they love. Um, that's just a fact. Uh, and I I don't know what I don't know what uh, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And um, whatever he put and listen, does he put a. Uh, a, a restrict another restrictive a more restrictive abortion ban on the floor of this Congress. I don't know. I don't know. But it almost doesn't matter from a political sense because they are going to be on him. They're going to use everything he says against him over the next, you know, over the next uh, uh, eight, uh, 13 months before Election Day. So that's just the reality of it. For sure. I mean, I think the other thing to think about, and we talk about this in the top this morning, is also the challenges that Johnson has when it comes to the other side of the Capitol, the Senate. He has literally zero relationship with Mitch McConnell. He's never even met him. Uh, you know, so maybe he uses his status as an unknown quantity in Washington to his benefit uh, in this future of government funding fight that we're going to get into extremely quickly. Uh, there's obviously going to be the challenge around aid for Israel and Ukraine. Um, the the idea that, you know, I think in the Senate, we've seen so much more bipartisanship over the past uh, couple of years in a divided Washington with senators kind of coming together on a lot of key issues. Um, and so the big question, I think, really is going to be, you know, how quickly can he get up to speed here when it comes to working with his Senate colleagues? Uh, when you look at the the last, you know, kind of sense where you had Kevin McCarthy really leading, that was because there was a trust between Senate Republicans and McCarthy uh, to some degree that it was going to be McCarthy had the wherewithal to carry the ball. Um, I'm not quite sure that you're going to have the same amount of trust given to Johnson in, in his early stages of the speakership. No, that's definitely not. Um, listen, McCarthy and McConnell knew each other well. That's Kevin McCarthy, the former speaker. They um, had a sense for where the other one was going. And, and McCarthy was also, and I'm not saying Johnson's not, it's too early to know, but he was also tethered to reality in the sense that he knew what he knew where the debate would end up. Same with John Boehner, same with Paul Ryan. The question is, does, is, does a Mike Johnson um, 
try to push Washington, a Washington that's controlled, that has a Democratic-controlled Senate and a Democratic Democrat in the White House, does he try to push it decidedly to the right and close down government and, and uh, drag his feet on things to get there? That's a very good question that that we'll have to we'll have to see over time whether it is uh, uh, what the answer to that is. All right, let's go on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, we had a scoop by Andrew Desiderio uh, looking at how Senate Dems are eyeing a new plan to circumvent Senator Tommy Tuberville's blockade of military promotions. Andrew has been covering this uh, for months, uh, every kind of twist and turn the frustration by both Democrats and Republicans over Tuberville's holds. You know, more now there's almost, you know, most of 300 plus promotions uh, that Tuberville is blocking and Democrats are preparing to send a resolution to the Rules Committee that could move forward uh, and kind of try to work around Tuberville's blockade. It would be certainly dramatic uh, and it would also reduce the number of votes the Senate would need to take to approve these long stall promotions uh, that have been in effect for a little over a year. Yeah, it's um, it's a big move. Uh, I, it is. Th- this has been this has been a blockade that has drawn bipartisan ire. Although no one has been able to b- uh, back Tuberville out of this corner, um, and uh, we'll have to see how this works. I don't. I you know. I I am. Um, the the Senate has a lot of rules and ways around rules that I don't quite get. Um, but listen. This has been a huge problem for the military. They haven't been able to get military uh, brass flag officers through, and that's that's been a problem in this dangerous world. And I think a lot of people think that that's that that needs to be solved as soon as possible. Also interesting, Andrew reports that Senator John Cornyn, the Republican from Texas, is going to be heading to the border today alongside fellow Republicans, including John Barrasso. Uh, Very interesting, you know, because, of course, they are two potential Mitch McConnell successors and they are going to the border together. Also, Ted Cruz, Pete Ricketts and Mike Lee will be on the trip. Um, Let's move on, Jake, to the number three story of the morning, The Vault. Uh, Brendan Peterson has a look at what we're watching in today's Senate sanctions hearing. Uh, going to be a really uh, important hearing this morning to examine the illicit finance that helped fund the deadly October 7th Hamas attack on Israel. And it's also going to be weighing potential future sanctions. Yeah, convening this morning to uh, uh, look at that. We, you know, listen, we quoted, we scooped yesterday, Sherrod Brown did not believe uh, uh legislation was necessary, but there's bipartisan interest in some sort of repercussions for Iran. This is something that would get a, you know, probably a a huge vote in the United States Senate. Um, This, you know, there's already the White House has already frozen some of this money, but there are Republicans in the House and Senate who want to go farther. Uh, Very interesting, given what's happening in Israel. And uh, we'll be keeping an eye on this throughout the day. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you liked The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.